0: Good morning, airline.
1: Let's all stand as we get to worship this morning.
0: Yeah!
2: For the Lord says, let everything that hath breath breath, praise the Lord. Praise him with the loud clanging cymbals. All the instruments that are lifted, we are here to lift up the name of Jesus. Amen. Aren't you thankful for the victory that we have in Jesus this morning? Well, y'all awake? Y'all were up too late. I'm going to ask you, pretend like I didn't ask you that already. I'm going to ask you one more time. Aren't you thankful for the victory that we have in Jesus? Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Even my little grandson's praising the Lord over there. Hey, don't you appreciate our worship team? And I don't know if you know, but Miss Kim Johnson has been serving as our brand new pianist. We are so thankful within the providence of God. Your fingers must be tired, Miss Kim. She's got, I'm going to talk so you get a break and rest your fingers for just a few minutes. Hey, let's pray together. Father, our hearts are full. Our hearts are overflowing with praise because of the victory that we have in Jesus. Thank you that you love the world so much that you sent your only begotten son, the only one ever born of a virgin to live a perfect life to be crucified, buried, and resurrected by his own power so that we can walk in victory. God, we thank you for the hope of the gospel that we have in Christ. I pray that today, Lord, saints would be encouraged. Lord, those who don't know you would be introduced with a personal relationship with you. Lord Jesus, may you accomplish eternal things today, and we'll give you all praise and glory for that. In the name of your Son, Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. Again, we are so thankful that you are here today. My name is Mike, and I get to serve as lead pastor here today. You're in for a treat. I'm not preaching today, but one of our former staff members was back preaching today. Brother Chase Reed, you know him well. He grew up here, I think, is a product of Airline Baptist Church, and God has directed him into a season of itinerant ministry. And normally when somebody leaves, we give him a chance to preach, but this is the first Sunday that that has worked out. So you pray for Chase and Tessa as he's entered this new season of ministry. And I'm always blessed when I get to hear my brother Chase Reed preach. So let him know you're praying for him this morning. and You're thankful to have him back home preaching for us today. Amen. Amen if you're a guest here today my wife and i would love to meet you right back in this back corner we've got a free gift we'd like to give you it's a gift to say thank you for being with us and a reminder to pray for us a coffee mug with the name of our church owner if you don't drink coffee tea Coca cola diet dr pepper liquid manna whatever it is you want to drink we'd love to meet you back there if you would all do me the kindness of completing this little connect card it's inside your worship guide or you can text the number inside your worship guide just to let us know you're here any way that we can pray for you when our staff meets together on Tuesday, we're honored to pray for the prayer request of our church. Well, I think we need to worship some more. Amen. Y'all ready? Let's stand together and worship.
1: We get excited every time we get to come over, come together, and lift up the name of Jesus. This morning. I want to hear you proclaim it from the mountaintops. We get to sing about this amazing grace.
0: Come lay them down at the foot of the cross Jesus is way
1: Sing how great church. But last night, my family and I were driving. We were on our way to the church. And happening behind us, I saw blue lights come on. And then this guy just takes off, right? Law enforcement is chasing him, just chasing him. And the dude comes up behind me, swerves to go around me, loses it, goes sideways and goes down the entire, like crashes into my truck, goes down the entire side of my truck crashed and spun out, wrecked, somehow kept going. They ended up finding him in Banks County later on, he was arrested. But I was thinking about that whole thing and was reminded that's a lot like us. Like, what in the world are you talking about? From the moment we're created, the God who created the heavens and the earth is in hot pursuit of us. And we, living in our sin, are just running through the world, carefree, just running. And the funny thing about sin is that even though you think you're the only one that it's going to affect, Oh no, your sin will cause you to get sidetracked and you'll run off the road and you'll take people out with you. Not caring and then keep on going about your business. Doesn't change the fact that you're being pursued by a holy God. That doesn't want to arrest you and lock you in jail. See, this person's going to have to go and face a judge one day. And the only person that's going to stand in his presence, stand in his case is that attorney, right? Here's the cool thing. God is the judge. Jesus has been sent so that we can have a pardon, right? God has already given his son for a sacrifice so that those sins that we're doing are already forgiven. The only thing you have to do is say, God, I accept your gift. I confess that I'm a sinner. God, I turn my life over to you. Yo, He is a great God. It is that simple. It really is that simple. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth that. Jesus, Lord, and profess through your mouth that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. No matter where you're at, it doesn't put a stipulation on what kind of sin that you committed. You say, my sin's too much, no way that can be forgiven, oh, yeah. No matter where you're at, God has covered that sin. All you have to do is accept the covering, accept that free gift. What a great God that is, what a great God. Don't leave here today without giving Him your life. If you can't find peace, He's the peacemaker. If you can't find escape, He's there to pull you out of the miry pit. Turn your life over to Him. Sing that chorus one last time. Here we go, church. How great, how great, how great is our God. How great, how great, how
0: great is our love. How great, how great, how great is your love for oh.
1: Father, God, we give you honor and glory and praise because you are my glory and the lifter of my head, Father. God, we give you honor and glory and praise for how you have already moved, Father. And we pray that you continue to move mightily. Father, that you will speak and use Chase as a mouthpiece to proclaim your word, God. And we pray that we will leave here changed forever because we have been in the presence of the almighty God. We give you all the honor and glory and praise. In your name we pray, amen
3: morning I like kind of just appearing up here after a prayer like where did I come from right because I I was down there and now I'm up here I just thought about that that's not my notes sorry anyway excited to be here back this morning uh it's been a couple of weeks since I've been here um if and there's some new faces out here like the the past two weeks that uh, my wife and I haven't been here there's, there's a whole lot of new folks in the crowd so uh if we haven't met yet I'm Chase uh, excited to meet you. Uh, we will love to talk to you more after service today. Um, but just on a little bit more personal before we dive in, cause y'all know me, right? I love that I'm ready to dive in like from the jump. We're, we're just gonna, we're gonna go. But, but, but before we do that, just want to extend just a, a, a big thank you. Um, you know, on behalf of my wife, Tessa, um, and myself, just the, the love and appreciation, of course, that we felt while we were here serving um, this body. And then um, as we prepare to launch into this new season of, of, of ministry here, um, just the, the love and the appreciation and support that, that we've seen from all of y'all has just been extremely touching. So we are uh, ever thankful for you. Um, so, Yeah. Let's dive in this morning. Look, I, I'm excited to be here talking about 1 Peter. First Peter, uh, the pastor and I, uh, Pastor Mike and I were talking about it as I was preparing, getting ready for this uh, Sunday as he asked me to preach. And 1 Peter is such a timely letter um, for, the, for the place that we find ourselves in, for the, the point in history that we, that we see ourselves in. The letter of 1 Peter, right, Peter writing to believers, to followers of Christ in an era where it would appear there was no hope. But ultimately, spoiler alert, I'm not trying to kind of kind of ruin the whole series, if you will, but there is hope, and that hope is Jesus, right? So excited to dive in? Let's go ahead and, and start digging in that. Uh, if, if you have your Bible, you can turn. We're going to be looking at 1 Peter chapter 1, verse number 13. This morning we've got a good bit of text to cover. When the pastor asked me to preach this morning, I went back and looked, and it's like 30 uh, different verses. So we've got, we got a good bit of text to cover to keep everybody on track so that we can finish this because I think this is leading up to Christmas, and man, Christmas is coming, and what a great book to lead us in to, the, to celebrating the birth of our Savior. So First Peter uh, chapter number 1, we're going to start in verse number 13. In my Bible, it's on page number 12, uh, yeah, 1,237. So, if that helps you out, one thousand two and thirty-seven. So, here we go, verse number thirteen. Therefore, preparing your minds for action, and and be sober-minded. Set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. But he, as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in your conduct. Let's pray. Father, we do come to you today, God, excited that there is hope. God, because when the world is at its darkest, your light shines the brightest. God, so let those here in this building today without hope, let them leave with hope, knowing that there is hope in you. God, let those today who do not know you, let your word speak and transform in their lives and let them today leave knowing you and knowing the hope that is found in your resurrection. God, be with us today. God, be with those in our community. God, this week who are broken over losses, God, be with, be, with, be with those, comfort them, and bless our time here together. See your name we pray, amen. So, therefore, pretty powerful way to start this morning. Therefore, right? Wh- wh- what, is, what is Peter writing there? He's saying, therefore. So, therefore, everything before verse number 13 is therefore important. Right? Peter built up a lot of things that the pastor talked about last week, right? He, he built up, uh, put building blocks in. So, therefore is a building block for what Peter's about to write. See, he's we believers in Christ, right? This is specifically geared toward believers, which is awesome. And and if you're not a believer in Christ, there's gonna be, uh, I invite you to to take that time today to to put your trust. And there'll be a time at the end of the service, but that can happen at any time because this letter really specifically is geared toward believers. Because as believers in Christ, we've been called to something bigger than ourselves. See, if we have truly been given an inheritance, right? We talked about inheritance last week that, that is uh, imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, right? That, that's verse 4 uh, of chapter 1. Then what Peter is saying is, therefore, if we've been given that, then therefore, we better act like it, right? I think in southern uh, dialect, it's, it's you, need to get your, you need to get your head right. Right? You need to get your mind on straight, get your head on straight. You need to act like you got some learning, okay? Therefore, okay? Therefore, we've been given an inheritance, right? This imperishable, undefiled, unfading. You know, over the past couple of weeks and and going in, I've got to do something that I really didn't know, kind of when I first started in the ministry, that I would enjoy enjoy doing it. But it's something of the past couple of years. And and this year, uh, I have really, really loved doing it. And that's, I've been working with uh, two middle school football teams, middle schoolers, me with middle schoolers, crazy, but I love middle schoolers. I know it's weird, but like, I really enjoy spending time with these two middle school football teams, right? Because middle school, especially middle school boys, right? They're awkward. They're goofy, right? They stink. I mean, they really do stink. Like if you're you're a middle school boy, please put some deodorant on, like I'm begging you. Um... uh, (laughs) But I mean, like, I think, uh, I'm I'm sure Jimmy, uh, can speak to this, but that locker room at East Hall Middle School, I think the smell is like soaked in to the concrete and cement walls there. Um, just, but, but anyway... I, I enjoy it, right? They don't, middle schoolers don't have it all figured out, right? They're at this age where um, they're, they're, they're starting to get more responsibility. Like I talked with this with one of my teams two weeks ago about, you know, you're at this age where you kind of got some responsibility, like your mama's not holding your hand in the parking lot through Kroger anymore, but like you just can't drive off and like, you know, just, you know, go away for the weekend, but like you're starting to get a little bit more responsibility. And I think that's a really awesome time, right? Because middle schoolers really, um, they're trying to figure things out. They're unabashedly, like they don't have a clue what they're trying to do in this world, and like, I think for the most part, they're just unashamedly trying to figure things out, while a lot of us try to hide that we don't have everything figured out, right? We try to put on a, a brave face, um, but I got to talk, like I said, with a middle school, with a, it was Banks County Middle School football team about two weeks ago, and, and talked to them, and I, I used this quote, uh, and it's a really deep theological quote, it's from Spider-Man, um, uh, Uncle Ben, right, with great power comes great responsibility, right? That's Uncle Ben from Spider-Man, right? But, but see, to whom much, is, much was given, much will be required. That's Jesus. So I think there's some similarities, right? So to, to, when, whenever as we age and mature and we grow, right, whenever we, we grow in Christ and we learn of Christ and we continue to grow in Him, with that power— right, with that inheritance that we've been given comes a lot of responsibility. And I think we need to understand that, right? Jesus said it. Uncle Ben from Spider-Man said it. I think it's very important. So we need to be ready. We need to be vigilant. We need to focus solely on the living hope that is found in Christ Jesus because there's a lot of things vying for our attention, Right, there's a lot of things that are seeking our attention. Right, The Bible talks about the, the enemy roams around like a, like a lion seeking those whom he may destroy. Right, There's a lot of things trying to pull our attention this way and that way and where it may be. But ultimately, if we focus, be ready, be vigilant, gird up your loins, as the King James Version says, be sober-minded, focusing solely on the living hope that is Jesus. That's where our faith should be. Why? Why is that? Because the one who has called us is holy. Look again at verse number 15 and 16. It says, but he who has called you is holy. You also be holy in all your conducts. Since it is written, you shall be holy for I am holy. See, I think we need to understand before we go any further, we need to understand exactly what Peter is talking about. See, Peter is talking about a certain level of holiness right a certain level of things of what is holy see moral purity right is just scratching the surface right Ten Commandments Christianity that's just kind of like the bare minimum right if we want to do the bare minimum then that's Ten Commandments Christianity right we don't lie cheat murder steal covet it do honor your mom do honor your dad and honor God right? Very important stuff, like I'm not trying to discredit that, very, very important, but that is a bare bones, bare minimum on what it takes to be pure, right? Moral purity, right? All important, but that's not holiness, right? That's a step toward holiness if you do all those things, right? If you do those things, right? If you, if you follow them, if you honor your parents, the Bible says you'll have a long life, right? If you do those things, if you follow God, if you don't have idols before God, if you keep the Sabbath, keep it holy, you're taking a step toward holiness. That's just the first step, right? There's more along in the process of holiness. And Peter here writing to the church is imploring the church that do the basics, but then do some more, right? Really see what happens is we just like fool ourselves, right, into thinking that we're good, like we're good enough, like, uh, like I, I, I'm using that as an excuse, like not to dive deeper, like I have checked the boxes, like, you know, I, I, I do all those things, like check, 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 I'm good to go, heaven, here I come, let's go. And then life gets tough and we abandon all hope right? And we get distracted by the things of the world that are, that are actively vying to take our attention away from the living hope that is Christ. See, because the main idea, the main driving force behind holiness is something that I think will blow your mind this morning. The driving force between holiness is apartness. right? The idea is, that God is separate and different from his creation in both his essential nature, right? His omniscience, which is all-knowing, his omnipotence, which is all-powerful, his omnibenevolence, which is his supremely good. So he's he's completely separate in those three uh, natures. And then also he is a perfection of attributes, right? God is just, he is righteous, he is gracious, he is sovereign, he is good, right? God is apart from us in those ways. Just like Matt was talking about earlier. But the thing is, and I think we can get confused on this too, because God isn't set apart because He desires to be alone. Right? I think in one of my my first sermons here, I believe it was April back in April twenty eighteen, I talked about God is the clockmaker. Right? The the philosopher Voltaire, right, the secular, uh, you know, guy who was really smart back in the day. Voltaire, he he had this theory, didn't necessarily believe in God. He's kind of a deist, right? Uh, he believes that God was a clockmaker, right? He believed there was some grand creator of the universe that set the universe up, wound it, right, and whatever happens happens. He's God. He created. The, I guess he's going to sit up on a mountain. Well, but 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 see, Peter here. Is not saying that God's apartness, which is the leading factor behind His holiness, He isn't saying He's apart because we stink and we don't. He doesn't want anything to do with us. He's apart because He is in His nature is to be so holy. He is the standard by which all creation aligns their life to. He is the standard by which we should march to be holy. For I am holy. A direct commandment there. The Lord says. I heard uh, Clint Fair uh, preaching on this. Clint, uh, if you know him, you know him. That's all I'm going to say about that. But uh, heard Clint preach on this, and I, this is so in, like I, this is so good that I literally I don't write in my Bible I'll underline, but it's so good that I literally wrote it right there. At first at the top of 1 Peter, he said, holiness is not something that we can possess, but it's something that possesses us. I think that's a powerful statement, especially when we frame it in this context. Because if we as As completely flawed humans possessed holiness, then holiness wouldn't be holy because God can only be the standard of holiness that we align ourselves to, right? And as we grow, and we're going to talk about growth here in one minute, but as we continue to grow, then we become more holy. That's sanctification, right? Until ultimately, the day that we meet Jesus, then we see holiness in its pure form holiness involves not just getting far from sin but getting closer to God. So let's keep looking here. 1 Peter chapter uh, verse number 17 number 1 uh, chapter 1 verse 17 and if you call on him as as father who judges impartially according to each one's deeds conduct yourselves with fear throughout the time of your exile knowing that you were ransomed from the futile ways You you inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like the lamb without blemish or spot. He was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but was made manifest in the last times for the sake of you. Who through him are believers in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory so that your faith and hope are in God. Having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth for a sincere brotherly love let one another earnestly from a pure love one another earnestly from a from a pure heart see the price paid for our ransom cost too great a price for us only to be surface level christians right right Peter writes about it here. Peter is, again, as he's encouraging Christians to live holy, to follow the standard that is God, he's saying the reason you should do that, number one, is because God is holy. I am holy, so therefore you are holy. But the other reason is because the price that was paid was too great for us just to be surface level, for us just to check our boxes, sit in our pew, wait to go to heaven one day. Perishable things didn't purchase our freedom from sin. Peter writes there about silver silver and gold. Those perishable things didn't purchase us. So my question this morning is why do we live for the perishable? Right? Why do we live for the perishable? If perishable things didn't purchase us, why then is our whole life not aligned towards God, but aligned toward the things that perish? better job, more money, bigger house, nicer car, faster boat, coolest friends, the perfect life, the American dream, whatever you want to call it, these are the futile ways of our forefathers. They're perishable. I'm not saying they're necessarily bad, but if we align ourselves to these things and these things alone, then we're way off course and we're not living a holy life. The work of Jesus Right, the ministry, the work of Jesus on the cross, right, him being the living hope for us. It wasn't just some hastily thrown together like last minute, like Hail Mary, right? It wasn't just like a, well, let's see if this works kind of thing, right? It was a plan, right, because God's not a clockmaker, right? God is the, God intently wants to desire to have a relationship with us. Like we're talking like Isaiah, Old Testament, Isaiah chapter 7, right? Therefore, the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, the young woman shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name, Emmanuel, right? Like like that's like Old Testament spoken to Isaiah, to the nation of Israel, right? Later in Isaiah 53, he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Like the scarlet thread, if you will, woven throughout the ages, right? From the fall of man in the garden until now, there is a plan. And if there's a plan, there means there's been some thought behind it, which means that's how we know that we should align ourselves to holy God. See, when we truly realize just how great a price we were bought at, then that's when we strive to be set apart, right? Apartness. We should strive for apartness, And I'm not saying isolate ourselves. I'm not saying lock yourself up in your room. I'm preaching completely against that this morning. I'm saying strive to be the light in the darkness. That should be our goal. That should be be what we go toward. If we're truly seeking to be holy and, and truly seeking to follow after God, then we must recognize that we're to be a light in an ever dark world. Because Jesus is the ultimate light. And he he gave himself for us, not for us to squander it, not for us to squander our inheritance, but to be set apart, showing others around us. There's something different about that person. There's something there's something something different about him. How do I be like him? What can I do? It's set apart. Set apart above all things. Set apart above any political ideology. Set apart above what our neighbor's doing. Set apart the, away from the direction the world's going. In all things we should be set apart. Peter keeps going. First Peter chapter 1, verse 22. Having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth for a sincere, brotherly love one another earnestly from a pure heart. Since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable. There's that perishable and imperishable again. Through the living and abiding word of God. For, this is actually Peter quoting Isaiah here. All flesh is like grass and all of its glory like the flower of grass. The grass withers and the flower falls, but the the, the word of the Lord remains forever. And this word is the good news that was preached to you. Moving on in the chapter two. So put away all the malice and all the deceit and all the hypocrisy and the envy and slander like newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk that, that by it you may grow up into salvation. If indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. A marking of a set apart Christian, right? The marking of a set apart person, Peter writes here, is one that loves one another. Right, A set-apart believer, a set-apart Christ follower, loves truly, genuinely set-apart. Why? Because we recognize that true love costs something. Right. That's the key to understanding what true love is. That true love is met with a price, and that price was Jesus. So therefore, when I enter into a relationship with someone, when I go enter into a relationship with my neighbor, when I am set-apart from someone... The way that I show that I'm a follower of Christ is that I love them more than they love themselves sometimes because we're geared towards self-destruction. In Greek, what Peter is saying is ektinos, which means literally a full stretch or in an all-out manner with intense strain. He's saying with everything you got, In Southern, he's saying, goose that thing, right? Step on it. Pedal to the metal. Every single thing you've got, love one another. Even when it's difficult. Even when Chase Reed is not a very nice individual. Because I promise, more times than not, you can ask my mama, you can ask my wife, I'm a grumpy old 75-year-old man stuck in a 26-year-old's body. Okay, love, love one another, love one another with every fiber in, you, in your being. Now there's a book I believe was written that was love like you've never been hurt. I wanna kind of amend that and say, love like love costs something. Why, why must be strained then? Why must we love with everything we have, right? Why must we love the unlovable? Why must, why must we constantly pursue those who want nothing to do with Jesus and be a light in the darkness that is their world? Why must we be a hope, right? That's hard. Why must I be a light? Why must Airline be a beacon in this community? That's hard. That takes a lot of money. takes a lot of time. takes a lot of resources. Why do we need to do that? Because the word endures. Right? Because God is holy. He were to align ourselves to Him, pursue apartness. But the Word endures. Long before us and long after us, God's word, something sharper than a two-edged sword, something that will cut down the enemies, right? Endures. It's written by Bernard Rom. A Baptist theologian said, A thousand times over, the death knell of the Bible has been sounded, the funeral procession formed, the inscription cut on the tombstone, and the committal read. But somehow, the corpse never stays put. That's powerful right, if we're tapped in, if we're growing, if we're seeking God daily, right, if we're thirsting after him from the, if we're we're seeking that living water constantly, then there's, and we recognize that this book is alive, is active, and it's, and and, and it's God's word to us. The word endures, and if the word can endure, God's given us his word, therefore we must endure. The purpose of the Bible, it's going to shock blow some of our minds, isn't to make you a better person. If you've been taught that all your life, I apologize. I'm sorry. I'm here to tell you this morning this wrong. This book is not here to make you a better. The sole purpose of it is not to make you a better version of yourself. I mean, that sounds nice, but it's not. The purpose of this is to draw us in closer to God. These are God's written words here on this page. Spoken to someone that has endured the test of time, that has been burnt in Rome, burnt in Nazi Germany, thrown out of countries around the world, yet still endures. So if the, the purpose isn't to, to make us better versions of ourselves. The purpose then is to teach us and draw us closer to God and teach us how to live apart. And, and here, here's the other side of that, right? I just kind of was kind of mean while ago, But the other side of that is if we do that, if we seek after the things of God, we will become better versions of ourselves. We'll become the version that he wants us to be. It might be completely different from you think the version of your life should be, but I can assure you, if you seek after God, then you'll be the best version of yourself that you can be. If he's equipped us with a book, something more than a book that stands for the ages, right? if he's equipped us with his word, then we too should be able to stand through the ages. Whatever time may bring, whatever it would appear, a government or whatever it would appear, a organization, or whatever it would appear may happen, if truly we believe it's gonna be a test here. If truly we believe that this book stands near the ages, stands through the ages, then we should believe it by believing in it. Right? I know that's kind of crazy. But whenever we, we we start getting fearful that oh no you know, the government's going to shut the churches down and the Bible, you know, they're going to throw the Bible out of schools, whatever. If we truly believe that, they won't be fearful of that, right? Because if we truly believe that this word will stand through the ages, that means that whatever storms may come, however the darkness, whatever lack of hope there is, whatever persecution there may be, if I truly believe that this book will stand through the ages, then I will stand by it regardless of what happens, right? Like infants, we must grow continuously returning to the living water. Taste and see. I love that. Taste and see the Lord is good. Because here's the thing, when you taste something really, really good, you're going to go back for the taste, right? And if the Lord truly is good, which I'm telling you this morning that he is, when you taste of him. You'll want nothing more. And I'm talking about truly taste. Like, I'm not just talking about like, yeah, I believe in Jesus. Again, checking the boxes. I'm talking about truly dive in. When you truly dive in and see that the Lord wants nothing but the best for you, then you'll have no option but to continue to return. Because an infant's got to grow. An infant's got to grow. You can't stay in diapers till you're five years old. An infant's got to grow. Drinks the milk. You can't, Just like you can't give a baby steak. As much as I would have loved to have steak when I was a baby, can't do that. Got to work up to that meat. Got to work up to that steak. Like living water, constantly returning. It's not because the water runs dry. It's not because that there's no more. It's because there's so much, you can't get enough of it, right? I'm about to close here in a minute. Um, but I, I want to kind of paint a like, at, you know, kind of do a little illustration to close. Anybody know um, like what it means to flip a house? Like to like be in real estate, flip out Maybe you've seen like a HGTV show. I know we got some folks here in our church that have done that. I'm actually kind of doing that now a little bit. I'm kind of overseeing um, in my, my day job, overseeing a, a house that we're kind of flipping here. Uh, maybe you've seen like uh, fixer upper or uh, whatever this old house. I don't know, whatever that is. But I think it's really cool. I mean, it is, especially, um, you know, especially if you do it because you make a lot of money doing it. Um, it's definitely cool then. But for those of you that don't know, uh, flipping a house is when someone purchases a house or a property at like a discount price, right? Because it needs like a big remodel or a big repair. Maybe somebody just doesn't have uh, the resources to upkeep anymore. Maybe they move, whatever it may be. Uh, a flipper will come in there and purchase a house at a very low, low uh, price why because they want to make money right so you buy it low so that you can put money into it and then flip it right sell it later and get a profit right you get a you don't you don't want to spend too much on the remodel because then you won't make a profit at the, at the end of things so that's what a house flipper is um, a, a flipper wants to sell low so they can sell to a high profit see uh, a house of that i can i think that really they are leaps and bounds ahead of all of us right? Because a, a person that flips house or a person involved in the real estate like that sees future value in the house, right? Not what it looks like currently. Cause you and I can drive down the road and say, that thing looks like a piece of junk. Nobody's going to buy it. Right? But then somebody comes along and says, yeah, that thing looks like a piece of junk, but I know if I buy it for this much, and I invest this much in it, then I can sell it for this much, make a profit and do it again, right? So I'm telling you, there there are leaps and bounds ahead of of all of us. So see, future value in a house, not what it looks like in a current condition. So I've painted that picture. See, I I think then if we take that, look at it in a different lens, look at the the eyes of God. See, because God sees our value, not for what we were, but for who we are in Him, right? God doesn't see a derelict beaten down house with the gutters falling off, missing a few shingles um, with the, the plants that are overgrown. Like He sees that, but He sees man. I'm going to pay a price for that house right there, and it's going to be the best looking house in the neighborhood by the time I'm done with it. right? Not. Current, not current value, but what it can be in him. And see, so, so the thing about it is, God would be a very bad house flipper, right? If God was in real estate, which I guess kind of he is, but if he was, if he was a house flipper, then he would be very bad at it. Because for us, we didn't just get paid a lowball offer, right? Peter writes about it here. The price that was paid wasn't the lowest possible Price to make a return, right? He didn't pay a low-ball offer for a future investment. He paid the premium on the house. How much it's worth after it's fixed. See, we bring God our broken windows, our busted out walls, our water damaged ceilings, and we say, Here you go, God, I'm not much. I'm, I'm not much to look at. Got some vines like growing up to the floorboards. Um, I'm still standing. Somehow, um, about the only shelter this old house provides is to the family of squirrels living in the attic. I mean, maybe if you give me some time, God, if you give me a little bit of time, like I can repair the house myself. I can repair my own house and I can try to make it worthy of your purchase. Right? We say that to God sometimes. Hey, just let let me work on myself. Let me let me repair my own baseboards. Let me polish my own floors. Let me do this. And then I'll be ready to serve you in this field. I did that in my life for the longest time, right? I said, let me get my own stuff straight. Like, let me get to where I want to be, right? Chasing after success, chasing after money, chasing after fame. Let me get to the end of this line whenever I can, you know, be a nationally recognized name, right? Or have all the money, have all this stuff. And then I can be an effective witness for the gospel. But until that point, I got to make a little bit of compromise here and there, right? Like I'm going to like maybe cut a few corners. Like I'm not going to, I'm going to do the wiring myself and not hire a licensed electrician. Like that kind of stuff. And then I, once I achieve what I, you see what I'm saying? There's a lot of eyes in this statement. Once I achieve what I want to achieve, then and only then can I be effective for the mission of the gospel. That's baloney. It's a lie I told myself for a number of years. Let me make a few compromises now. Let me, let me build up my own house. Let me set my own house straight. Then and only then can I be effective. And God knows this and God's okay with it, right? No. See, but then when we say that to God, God replies with your present condition doesn't affect your present value. Your present condition doesn't affect your present value. Come and let me rebuild you. That's powerful. Because God sees what we don't see. God God is set apart so that we can strive to be set apart with him. He's not building up walls, separating himself from us. He desires for us to be in relationship with us, to be one with him, to have Jesus advocate for us, like like Pastor Matt was talking about a while ago, advocate for us on the right hand of the Father, like all that stuff. God wants that for us. But we have to be willing to say, fix me. Here I am in my brokenness. Lord, rebuild me. Let us be ever mindful of our call to holiness and strive to be set apart. Let's pray. Father, we do come to you today just in awe. In all, God, that that your book stands the the test of time. Father, that that through you and your word, you've given us instructions on how we are to live our life. God, so I don't know what anyone is going through here today. God, I I don't know. I'm not like you. I don't have the attributes that you do. I can't see what they're going through. God, but it's my prayer today that you will work in this place, God, that you awaken people's eyes to the brokenness that is their bodies, God, the brokenness that, that is a temple, God, God their temple that, that, that we have squandered and wasted our inheritance, God, and, and awaken our eyes in this building today, God, and say that I need you to fix me. There's no other way that I can do this. I can't flip this house on my own. I'm in over my head. So that's my prayer in this building today. God, that there are people that that, that I sat here and preached this letter that was written to believers. Father, that that they would say, I wanna be set apart. I wanna be different. Today is a day for that. God, maybe there are those there that that do follow you today. Those in this building, God, who, who, who you are calling to do things, great things for you, God, but they're saying, Nah, not right now. God, I believe in you. I trust in you. I trust you have a plan, but my plan is better. God, open their eyes today and let them see that, that, that your plan Trump saw, because you've had a plan from the beginning of time. It's not a plan that was just thrown together. God, for, for the believer in here that's not set apart, that believes in you but has done everything they can to blend in with the world. God, let today be the the day that they open their eyes, awaken and see that you have called them to be a light in the darkness, to be set apart from the world, not of the world, but in the world, a light for you. We are grateful for you, Father. We are thankful for you, good Father. Thank you for giving us your word, not to make us better versions of ourselves, God, but to align us with your will. It's in your name we pray. Amen. What better time than now? I'll be down here. Pastor Mike will be down here. uh, We have other pastors here as well. What better time than now to say, God, use me. You can stand up and let's worship together before we leave for the day.
0: church. My chains are
2: Have you ever tasted of that amazing grace? As Pastor Chase said, if you taste and see that the Lord is good, you're going to keep coming back for more. Amen. Don't you appreciate the word of the Lord spoken to us through Pastor Chase? Let's praise the Lord and thank Pastor Chase for preaching today. Amen. told y'all I'm blessed and challenged every time I get to hear this young man preach. You be seated for just a moment, if you will. Listen, if you need somebody to talk with you or pray with you after the service, we'll have people around, pastors, deacons. We'd love to spend some time with you if you need some encouragement. If you're a first-time guest, we'd love to meet you. My wife and I back here in this corner right back there. Wednesday nights, we have ministry going on all over this campus from bed babies all the way on up through adults. And if you're not involved in a place, you just come and show up. You can sit in on an adult Bible. study as they're studying the minor prophets some of us meet for small group accountability you can be blessed and challenged to go out and be a part of our student ministry or our children's ministry and then on Thursday nights thank you for praying for our Thursday night worship services that has become one of the highlights of my week to meet with our next-gen students about this about 18 to 25 ish is that a good way to to describe that I'm telling you God's sending us new folks every week and if they all came at the same time I think we have about 40 right now if everybody came at the same time you want to be blessed you just come sit in out there. You say, well, I'm outside that age group. We'll just sit in the back and let the young people do their thing. But I promise you, you will be blessed. We'll be going through Romans chapter number six this week. And thank you. Several of you have agreed to provide refreshments for our our hungry students as they come, students and college age students. Uh, Last week, the Corbins put out a good spread of food for us and they lapped that up. So if you're willing to help with that, see one of our staff members with that. Saturday at 12 noon, are you going to think... I put this together, but I did not. Our our student pastor, Pastor Andrew, is inviting really our whole church family to come and tailgate with our student ministry as we see our number two ranked University of Georgia Bulldogs take on the, the big gigantic opponent, the uh, opponent, from Nashville, Tennessee, the Vandy Commodores. Just come and tailgate together with our church family. And then Sunday afternoon at six o'clock, pray and go. It's been a while since we've done pray and go. It's going to be an emphasis in our church for years to come. You say, I don't know what you're talking about. We show up. We pray together, we get a street assignment, and we go out and invade neighborhoods and pray over homes. That's all we do. We don't knock on the door. If somebody's in the yard and they want to talk to us, we'll be glad to talk to them. So if you're afraid of talking to people, you just come and we pray. We'll have a list of names and addresses. Pastor Mike Welborn will have that for us. He's away leading worship, I think, in his home church today for homecoming. Is that right? So that's where they are today. Pray and go. You say, well, I can't come next Sunday at six, but I can come another time. Right back behind this wall, there's a big wall that says pray and go. There's some assignments there you can pick up on your own convenience and your own time and go and and pray. You may be the only Christian praying for some of these homes in our community. What a blessing to be able to do that. Hope you'll be back next week as we have a baptism next week. Maybe you say, I professed the Lord Jesus, but I have never followed him scripturally in believers' baptism after salvation. Come and see one of us. We'd love to let you be a part of that baptismal service. And now I just want to issue an apology as your pastor. We have been about, I have been about as clear as mud in something that we're trying to do. We are trusting God to help us take care of some of our audio and visual needs. We gave you a plan and an estimate and we quickly saw that really was just going to be a band-aid and it wasn't going to be good enough. And so in, the, in that transition, Pastor Matt came on and he met with, um, I want to call him Colton. It's not Colton. Kaysen met with Kaysen an audiovisual guy in the area and we put together a plan they put together a plan that we believe is going to take us to the next level as you as you depending on where you sit in this building it's hard to hear the choir and choir. They tell me, y'all can't hear the choir director. And that's a problem. We have all these speakers and amps on the stage. This new plan will allow us to get rid of all this stuff and have in-ear monitors for our praise team and our, our orchestra. You say, where was the orchestra today? We're waiting on you to pull out your horn or your instrument and come and join our church orchestra. So we don't have to use a track next time. But, so we've been, I've been unclear about that. So I want to be as clear as we can be. Uh, the, the audio portion of that is about $80,000. And some of you have been faithful to give each week we're trusting God to put on the hearts of God's people to give and make that possible and then the video needs our video screens are we had state-of-the-art equipment in this church 20 something years ago If you know anything about technical stuff, it doesn't last very long. So we're way behind the times increasing as God's sending us more and more young people. They're more discerning with that stuff than people my age and up are. So they have a keen eye for that. I want you to be able to see the words on the slides. If you don't know the song, I want you to be able to see that. I want you to be able to hear the choir when they sing and not be overpowered by instruments. And so we're trying to work on that together. We can make that happen. Our staff has worked together. We're working with our stewardship team as we prepare the budget for next year we believe the time is now we believe we can do this for the glory of God amen so if you want to go online you can give there's a line to designate for audiovisual needs on there again thank you for your faithfulness to give with your regular ties who pays the that pays the bills of the church and helps us to reach people all around the globe for the glory of God all right all hearts and minds clear Let's go out of here this week, let's shine for Jesus, let's live those set-apart lives that Pastor Chase talked about, let's tell somebody about Jesus and invite them to come and be with us Wednesday night, Thursday night, and again next week. All right, let's pray together. Pastor Matt, can I ask you to dismiss us in prayer, and I'm going to slip to the back to meet our guest.
1: Heavenly Father God, we thank you for this day, God. We thank you how you've moved mightily, Father. God, we pray, Lord, that we'll take the word that we've heard, God, the the worship that we felt and the, the worship that we poured out to you, Father, and continue that on through the remainder of the week, Father. We understand that worship isn't just this time we have together on Sunday mornings, but God, we pray that our lives will be lived as an act of worship to you, Father. So as we leave here, God, let us continue to worship and praise you in all we do. Father, we pray that you'll bring us back. Uh, together safely again on Wednesday and Thursday nights, Father, and then again next Sunday morning as we come together as a, a body, Father, to uh, to praise you together, Father. Lead us, guide us, direct us. We thank you for all you're doing and all you're prepared to do, Father. We give you all the honor and glory and praise. This is in your name we pray. Amen.
0: For God so loved the world that he gave us his love. Right. redeemed. Rejoiced as the. Lord.